0: Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to public event by Hizbat Tahir Australia on the topic of politics being at the heart of our problems and our solutions. That's how we've titled uh, this public event. Um, of course, we're holding it in very unusual circumstances um, during COVID lockdown. We've gone, uh, we've gone live on Facebook. And obviously, our speakers are joining us from their respective houses. So, not your usual public event where we have the warmth and the the comfort of seeing each other and enjoying each other's company. But of course, um, it is important to to discuss these topics and to try and get our heads around some of the important issues um, that we face in the community. Um, So, the public events continue, um, and we hope that, inshallah. The speakers tonight. We're going to try more have more of a conversation than just lectures or or speeches. But we hope um, the presentations for tonight do bring some benefits to you, and that we can uh, bring about a conversation that is fruitful and that is informative. Inshallah. So, as I said, the topic is that politics is at the heart of our problems and our solutions. Um, Politics is one of those topics that, admittedly. There's a, little, there's a bit of debate around, uh, especially, I mean, I'm not even talking about, you know, political debates and political issues in, about which uh, wider society is having conversations and debates or politicians are debating, but just the, the concept of politics, the concept of um, political issues and whether Muslims should bear those at the forefront of their minds or whether they are something that we should discard, abandon Um, and not worry about because it's not the priority of today so we really want to get to the heart of that issue by having some you know discussion around those core issues of you know this idea that politics should not be spoken about or should not be spoken about in the masjid or that it's not it's got nothing to do with islam um versus the other side of the coin which is that politics is a you know islam is a deeply political religion Islam is a political way of life, that problems in life are inherently political, the vast majority of problems we face. And if we are to confront them from an Islamic basis, then we, of course, need to root ourselves in Islamic political activism. So those two sides of the coin, of course, go head, go head to head in this discussion. And we hope that our speakers can bring some, some shed, shed some light on these issues, inshallah. So we've got with us Harun Harithi. He is uh, our first presenter. As I said, it's not its not really a presentation. We're not going to go for too long. We hope our speaker will limit himself to about 10, 10 to 15 minutes, inshallah. Uh, and likewise with our second speaker, Waseem derehi And inshallah, then I'd absolutely love if we can just have a conversation after that because you guys have joined us on Zoom, uh, on Facebook, sorry. And it'd be lovely if we can have a conversation after that to just query some of the points that were discussed and raised uh, in, a, in a more light-hearted fashion, inshallah. So look for, looking forward to that that uh, session at the end, but uh, I'll pass it on to Harun to introduce his uh, first issue and first topic for tonight.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim alhamdulillahir rabbil alameen, wa salatu salamu ala sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and peace and blessings be upon His final prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi i'm going to go straight into this inshallah um brothers and sisters there are there are people um that believes that generally believe that politics is not part of islam um they say that any sort of uh political activism um or engaging in political activities um these activities are alien uh alien from islam um and has nothing to do with uh you know uh our religion whatsoever um, more so right um, those people that say this they also pr- uh, proclaim that um you know the main focus of islam is really restricted to um you know the, the personal ibadahs you know our individual ibadah um you know the spirituality and i say spirituality in uh, um, you know quote unquote um and it's 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 re- so the, the, it's it's a restriction of Islam, um, you know, just to akhlaq and everything, right? Um, so, for instance, you know, uh, like there are people out there that say that um, as long as I'm praying Salah, um, you know, as long as I'm paying zakat, uh, I do, you know, I'm, I'm a good neighbor, I'm, a, I'm I'm a good, you know, son or a daughter to you know to the parents, um, I'm a good father, I'm a good mother, right? Um, as long as I'm doing those, you know I'm fine, you know, uh, but then, like genuinely, you know when we have these discussions with you know these brothers and sisters that um you know have these viewpoints, you ask him, okay, what about all right, Mashallah, this is very good, and this is uh, this is what Islam demands of us right and i i'm i'm we are not um, in disagreement over here. Um, but how about, you know, the, 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 other, the issues that are affecting the Ummah, uh, whether it be through concepts, you know, uh, that are creeping in, um, that are alien from Islam into our youth, uh, whether it be, you know, um, uh, the killings of our brothers and sisters overseas, whether, you know, um, Syria, Kashmir, in, uh, in China, Africa, um, all over the world, right? Um, what about that? And the response, unfortunately, and fortunately, is, um, I make du'a, you know, uh, or what can I do, or I give in charity, which are what Islam demands of you. At at least, you know, we have this concern for them in the heart. Um, But in terms of resolving the real issues, it requires um, a a political uh, procedure and um, uh, uh, activism, um, you know, to tackle the underlying issues uh, that exist. And there are those, you know, uh, brothers and sisters in the community that say that, you know, I'm just going to focus on my akhlaq. um, You know, I'm going to... Uh, memorize the Quran, you know. Memorize the Hadith. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to learn abundance of knowledge, right? Oceans of knowledge, um, and yet, uh, unfortunately, we see that you know they lack in any sort of um, you know political um, involvement. Um, and then you ask the question, right? Okay, what about the likes of you know the greatest scholars that have ever existed? What about the likes of you know Imam Abu Hanifa, um, Imam Ibn Taymiya? What about the likes of you know the famous story of Imam Ahmed bin Hamdul, um, you know when he was uh, jailed, um, when he was tortured, you know for um, you know speaking the word of truth in, in you know in front of the ruler. Um, what about you know these these are giants of Islam and they had abundance of knowledge, abundance of knowledge, right? Um, yet it, you know they they were still involved in uh, you know political activism. They were still accounting the rulers, um, you know, and more importantly they formed. A block in society um, which was enjoying the good, protecting the evil, and and, and protecting the masses of the ummah, right? Um, so, so so really, it comes down, you know, those who say that politics is not from Islam, it comes down to two issues. Um, uh, one is the uh, misunderstanding of the essence of what politics actually is um, and the role that it has to play in Islam, and secondly. Um, you know either they are knowingly or unknowingly um, misrepresenting the entirety of islam or restricting and focusing on and only one part of islam um, and you know uh, and perhaps knowingly unknowingly leaving out other parts of islam um, as as for you know um, as for the issue of um, the essence of politics in technical definition what politics really is it's it, the the definition of politics is looking after the affairs, um internal and external affairs of the Ummah, right? Of 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 the nation. That's what it is. But I wanna I wanna dive in deep, right? That concept of looking after the affairs of the Ummah. The essence of politics really, really like in 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 like uh, in a really simplified um definition of what politics is. In reality, politics is any actions or positions or decisions you make or not make. Um, uh, which are in alignment with the concept that you hold um, or is in the interest of a person or a group of people that you know um, that you care about right really that's what it is uh, you know in, in some sort of way we are all engaging in politics whether we know it or we don't know it right Um, the prophet in the famous hadith he said in Sahih Bukhari all of you are shepherds Um, you know the leader is a shepherd uh, uh, the, the leader is, uh, is the shepherd of the people that he's responsible over the man is a shepherd over, um, you know, his household and the family that he's responsible for. Um, the woman is a shepherd over, you know, her husband's house and his children and his belongings. The, the, it goes down to even the level of the servant, um, who's, 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 who's a shepherd, uh, and he's responsible over his master's property. Um, you know, so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, all of you are shepherds and every one of us has a responsibility, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, and duties that we have to follow, right? And, every day in our life um, we make decisions we have positions we, ha- we are doing things uh, that are in line with the interest of you know the, the people that we are looking after right and that's what it is like we are like engaging in the essence of politics in our daily life right obviously when i say politics politics really is uh, 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 is on the on, a, on the technical term is really like on a, on a station um, sorry uh, nation nation state level uh, but the, I'm talking about really the, the, the idea and the essence of politics. Um, you know, we're all doing it in our in our, in our daily lives. Um, I want you guys to uh, I want you guys to know that whether we accept it or not, politics has influence. It, it has an effect on us, right? every uh, politics has an effect, of, uh, effect on us whether we know it or we, we don't know whether we are conscious of it or we're not conscious of it right um you know like the decision uh i'm talking about state level politics here right the decision to invade a country or to use diplomatic means this is a political decision um you know the the decision to assimilate and integrate a society this is a political decision this c- decision to segregate a part of the community um is a political decision um you know the decision to promote certain concepts uh in uh, you know in in our schools in islamic schools whether it's lgbt or nationalism and so this is a political um this, this is a political decision this is a political activity um uh that, that, that's been enhanced over here uh the decision you know to change in our muslim the, 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 you know changing the curriculum and the syllabus of the islamic studies um and you know this this is all a politically motivated um you know uh activities that's been happening right like and and we um you know as students of knowledge and uh you know learning in these institutions and 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 whatnot we're all influenced by it you know uh we send our sons to you know uh, our kids to school um they're they're being influenced by it you know we go out you know uh, the, the work that we engage in right um everything is being affected whether we are conscious or not by political decision making and political uh motives right um uh and that's like it's it, it's part of society it's part of life like everyone um is engaged in politics whether we know it or not um and 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 now when it comes to um obviously islam puts certain parameters um and uh, and bounds when it comes to how to uh enact political activities right it's not it's not like um um it's, it's, it's not like we don't have any moral compass when it comes to, you know, uh, how politic is, uh, po- politics is conducted, like how um, perhaps the kuffar are doing, right? They can use any sorts of um, shenanigans and tricks whatsoever, you know, to uh, get the political uh, objective and means. Obviously, stamps a certain boundary, right? So that's one thing that I wanted to point out here. And um, perhaps that's one of the reasons why um, for a lot of us and our parents and our uncles um, of the politics that they see maybe in our, in our home countries, you know, they get turned off by politics. Um, and hence, you know, the, the 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 viewpoint that, oh, you know, politics is bad, stay away from it, um, and whatever. Um, now, when it comes to the role that politics has to play in Islam, the Prophet Wasallam says the knots of Islam will be done one by one, and each time a knot is undone, the next will be grass, right? And the first of them, uh, the first of the knots that will be undone will be ruling, and the last of them will be salah, right? It shows you the, the importance and the role that the polit- uh, the ruling and um, politics play um, uh, in Islam. The Prophet also said in another, in another, in another hadith, "Kanat Right? The, the word uh, "tusum" it's, it's from the word "siyasa." Right? Um, the Prophet said, "The people of Israel used to, uh, to be ruled and guided by uh, prophets." Right? Whenever a prophet died, another prophet came to look after the affairs of um, you know, bani Israel in this case. Right? Um, and the prophet sallallahu says goes on to say there will be no prophets after me but there will be khulafa who will increase in numbers and the companions uh, or companion anhu asked um ya rasulullah what do you order us to do uh the prophet said obey the one who um, you know who uh, will be given bay'ah um, and allegiance to right um, and fulfill the rights of the the and uh, uh, and for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, we we'll ask about, you know, the the duties that the 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 khulafa has conducted, right? Um, but it shows you, right? That the uh, the uh, uh, um every nation um, had a leader, um uh, the prophets, uh, the, the prophets that were looking after the affairs of the people, the interests of the people, right? Um, that's what it is. That's what politics is. Um, and uh, let's look at uh, let's look at the, the examples of the seal of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Um, and then I'll close with this, inshallah, on uh, on my segment. Um, you know, we always know the Prophet وسلم, standing long, you know, s- s- long nights in winter. You know, um, standing up for salah. We know the Prophet وسلم, for fasting the hot days of summer. We know the Prophet وسلم, uh for his kindness and compassion. We know the Prophet وسلم, uh for three months, um, for consecutive three months, uh, so, so uh, three months in, in a row, he he did not have. Um, uh, he did not have meat, right? So we, we know the Prophet sallam, for his, uh, you know, uh, for his zuhud, for his... Uh, ...was also um, uh, uh, a military genius. He was, he was a military leader. The Prophet wa sallam, was a statesman. The Prophet Sallallahu wa uh, was a political leader. He was a political activist in Mecca, right? The Prophet wa sallam, was engaging in political activities um uh um uh, you know in in Mecca and in Medina the prophet was looking after the affairs of the people right um so uh, you know um the prophet so he didn't just tell the Sahaba you know uh, we're talking about you know uh, in, in Mecca and in, even in Medina but in Mecca, the Prophet, the Prophet ﷺ didn't just tell the Sahaba um, you know, in Darul Arkan to focus on your, on memorizing the Qur'an. He didn't just say, you know, just focus on your ibadah and, uh, you know, your pray. Yes, he told them to do that. But the Prophet ﷺ, uh, and the companions, the Prophet was actively, they, they'll go to the Kaaba, um, they'll agitate society. Um, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, and the Sahaba, you know, they'll create what is known as political agitation. Um, you know, uh, which includes accounting the rulers for the practices that they did, you know. يَا um, You know, those who are cheating this, uh, uh, sorry, ta'kathur. Um, uh, those, those who are, who are, who are uh, I forgot, uh, for, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the ayah. So he was accounting them for the economic activities. I, he was is it uh, it? So, للمطففين. للمطففين. Subhanallah. Just, uh للمطففين, right? those who were cheating the scales the pro- so they were accounting uh the, the economic practices of that time um uh the, they were accounting, you know how they were they used to bury the daughters they were accounting how they used to worship false gods um the you know um uh, uh, and even even pre uh, pre uh, uh prophet you know um the prophet engaged in treaties um, that looked after and protected um, the economic rights um, of individuals, right? So it's, it's the, so the the concept of politics um, and looking after the affairs, it's it's not alien. The Prophet Sallallahu and the Sahaba um, uh, uh, enacted those, and they also uh, engage in political activities, uh, as we saw, right? Uh, Abdullah bin Mas'ud would go uh, in, in uh, recites um, you know Surah Rahman in front of the Kaaba, knowing that you know he will be persecuted. Why? Because he wants the message of Islam there, right? But yes, uh, you know, we can we can talk about yes, Abdullah bin Rahman is reciting so, uh, Surah Rahman, and you know, and everything he was giving da'wah. Yes, this is true. But in in the act of it, in the process of that, it, it was a, it was a political, um, uh, it was a political movement, uh, it was a political act that uh, he conducted, which was agitating um, uh, the Quraysh at that time, right? This this is this this was um, this was what it is, right? It was it was it was to agitate. Um, the Quraysh and also to gain attraction, uh, uh, of the masses for the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They also engage in, um, um, in making alliance with, uh, you know, the movies and shakers of society. They, they, they try to, um, you know, gain the support, right, of the, of the, of the influences in the movies and shakers of society, right, um, so that they could gain the political power and again, upper hand, um, and then, um, you know, they established the state in Medina. Um, so it's, uh, it's, so just to conclude, um, the definition of politics is looking after the affairs of the ummah, and and in in essence, you know, we are being affected by politics, and we are also engaging, you know, in in a form of politics, um, you know, looking after our family and everything, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, in in our lives, right? You know, whether we know it or we don't know it, um, and you know, and 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 you know, consequently, um, politics is part of Islam, and we should not only restrict Islam to a, port, uh, to, to a part of Islam, uh, you know, we should be following the entirety of Islam, which includes, you know, uh, engaging in political activities. Um, so just to conclude, we can, you know, we can all, you know, just focus on our Tajweed and focus on memorizing the Quran and the Hadith, which we should all be doing, I'm not saying don't do that. Um, but simultaneously, what we can do to channel our efforts um, is to change, uh, you know, the issues that exist, uh, you know, through political means. Uh, uh, like how the Prophet sallam, and his companions did. And I'll conclude there.
2: Sophia, you'll need to unmute yourself. Try it again. One more time.
0: Sorry, guys. There you go. I've actually had um, a previous Zoom call in which um, I forgot to unmute myself for a good 10 minutes. And when I finally saw the chat box on Zoom, the comment said, uh, no, let, some, some, some people had responded saying, please unmute yourself. And others said, no, let him be. It's like a good sil- silent movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have learned from my lesson from there. Um, just like what I've heard, I was just saying, Harun, thank you for that um, discussion. Uh, we've kept it intentionally brief, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, we really want to keep the gist of it for the discussion at the end. But still some really nice instructive points about, you know, this, I think the ayah when you were talking uh, came to mind where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Do you believe in a part of the book, meaning the Qur'an, Islam, and do you not believe, do you reject another part? Uh, So it's a really nice reminder from that point of view that Islam, that politics is an inherent part of Islam. Um, And the scholars and the the Prophet uh, reinforced that point in their own ways. Uh, We'll move on to our second uh, short presentation, inshallah, by Waseem, who is looking more at root cause analysis. So if you look at at the the problems that exist today in a practical way, like if you just take a cursory glance at the world around you, like literally locally, globally, wherever you look, obviously the world is beset with a variety of problems um, we want to have a look at what what what's what what kind of problems are we looking at what are the, what are the what's at the root of these problems and how central is politics to that discussion so i'll pass it over to saint to continue uh,
2: jazakallah khairan. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. bismi alhamdulillah rabbil Alameen. was salatu salam ala rasulillah amma ba'd um barakallahu brother hurun for that introductory um, introductory comments um we need to, I want to look at it slightly differently. Um, I don't believe for a moment that uh, Muslims are averse to the idea that politics is part of Islam, or even more than that, that politics is central to Islam. I don't doubt that for one second. Um, in some circles, um, there may be a need for some level of education, but it doesn't take much convincing. Um, I think the issue is somewhere else. Um, because we've been so distant from politics and so distant from defining and, and, and determining our own political affairs um, since our experiences with colonialism that have lasted for more than a century or two, um, we've become so distant from this idea that we can't envisage ourselves being um, other people who determine their own affairs, who direct their own affairs. Um, and because we are so out of practice, it's very difficult for us to envisage envisage ourselves in that way, let alone uh, to actually bring it about. Uh, So for me, this is really where the issue lies. Um, Our lack of experience in politics, our detachment from politics, us convincing ourselves or us being convinced that politics is not part of Islam, or at the very least is the work of a minority, and that minority happens to be secular, uh, and nationalistic and, and uh, carries everything that is antithetical to Islam. And that again has been our experience for so long that we can't imagine politics in any other way. Even when we revisit the seat of the Prophet وسلم, we either dismiss those political aspects of his life, وسلم, or we seek to interpret them on the basis of a, of a false politics uh the type of politics with which we are familiar, secular and nationalistic. That's why we come across slogans amongst uh pockets of Muslims where nationalism is is part of Islam or secularism is inherent to the Deen. Uh the Prophet Sasalam uh was the first uh the first Democrat, et cetera, et cetera. And we hear these expressions and what's it tell what's what that it's what that is telling us is that Muslims who do want to involve themselves in politics by necessity have difficulty in envisaging a form of politics uh, that is uniquely Islamic um, and uncorrupted by the socialization that happens around us. Now from that, uh, essentially the issue for us is simply that in order to fulfill the objectives of politics, in order to emulate the example of the Prophet wasallam. We need one of two things and that and and this is what is demonstrated through the hijrah of the Prophet. For for thirteen years the Prophet and the companions were enacting a dawah in Mecca. They were calling people to Islam, they were winning adherents, they were agitating the leaders of Quraysh, they were turning the people against the leaders of Quraysh and against what uh, polytheism at that time represented. You could argue at that point that the Prophet was very successful in his dawah, and by that account, you you could not disagree with that. Then why the necessity of hijrah? Why will the Prophet insist upon the hijrah, and why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, pave the way for the Prophet to perform the hijrah? And the difference is simply that the Prophet in Mecca uh, was, was the Prophet, a Muslim who carried the deen, but didn't have the power in order to enact the deen. And there's a big difference between calling to islam and directing our lives according to islam Uh, and so what the hijrah represented is the the attachment of the da'wah of the call of islam to the power and its ability to implement it practically so the prophet became a head of a state that enjoyed power And had, through that power, had the ability to implement Islam and then everything else that happened after hijrah of the the implementation of the expansion of the wars and conflict, etc. And for us, this is what it comes down to. This is what it has to come down to. Our experience with colonialism tells us that we are not directing our lives. We are not... Organizing ourselves in a way that's pleasing to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, it's directed at the hands of kuffar. Historically, Britain, more in more modern settings, America, and then from time to time, France, Russia, um, in some parts, China, etc. We are, we are the recipients or the victims of someone else's political will. We don't own our own in our own political will. We don't enjoy our capacity an independent capacity to direct our own livelihoods. And this is is relevant to us as both individuals and as a society. So without power, we don't have the ability to direct our affairs. It's like us, when you think about ourselves on an individual level, if we didn't have uh, the capacity to get educated, if we didn't have the capacity to communicate, we wouldn't be able to secure employment, for instance. We would not have that ability. Or at the very least, that ability would be severely distorted, and we would be we would be forced to accept something vastly inferior. And collectively, as an ummah, this is what we're experiencing: that our power, power represented in terms of our abilities, in terms of our resources, in terms of our intellectual commitments, uh, and so much more, was usurped by colonialists uh, and f- and used in fact used against us. And so the armies in the Muslim world, for instance, the economies of the Muslim world, the natural resources that exist in the Muslim world, the enormity of the intellectual wealth that exists in the Muslim world. These are resources or elements of power that are not in our hands. And that is why the only time they are, in, they are invested is when they are invested against the interests of the ummah. So you find, for instance, the resources that may use to support American war efforts. You find, for instance, our strategic locations in the Muslim world is used only to facilitate uh, Western aggression in our lands. The natural resources that we enjoy, again, are exported uh, very cheaply to Western markets uh, for them to add significant value. And we are, de- we are denied of that opportunity and there are so many countless other examples you could exemplify here, you can demonstrate here. But what we need to realize is that we've been stripped of our ability to direct our own affairs. And so when we think about it in this way, we say, uh, "Sofiane mentioned something about root cause analysis. Uh, you, you see what I see we all see the same thing we see war we see conflict we see poverty we saw destitution we see um doctors engineers lawyers driving taxis you all see what we what we each other what we each other see and we need to question okay why is this occurring what allowed this to happen what facilitated the emergence of this set of conditions in the muslim world and, for, and you could not ask these questions detached from, from the issue of politics. And in fact, more than that, you will realize if you genuinely investigate these issues and trace them back to its roots, that politics is in fact at the heart of this conversation. So for instance, something that is in our minds because we live it, uh, our experiences in Afghanistan, our experiences in Iraq, uh, no one can look to those countries and say that the primary issue here is one of poverty. Or one of destitution, or one of lack of education, or the absence of, of uh, public infrastructure, even though all of those things are absolutely real. No one can have a conversation about Iraq or Afghanistan detached from the fact that America and the West bombarded, bombarded those countries back to oblivion. And so as a consequence of that, all of these other problems emerged. Uh, so whatever we look at, whether it's poverty, whether it's destitution, whether it's a lack of education, whether it's uh, the absence uh, or the inability of Muslims to produce great minds or to advance great fields, um, all of this ultimately comes back to the fact that we are the victims of colonialism through which our independent will uh, was subdued and our ability to direct our own lives Uh, and to and to organize our own conditions and to resist what needs to be resisted was taken away from us forcefully and to reverse all of that and to start dealing with that systematically we need to appreciate that the center of all our struggles needs to be the restitution of power such that we can uh, we can uh, acquire our independent will direct our own affairs now that doesn't mean magically when that happens you will be able to solve all our problems but what it means and this is important is that we will have the ability to put those plans in place in order to do that and this is what's what's important for us to realize that if we aim as we should to eliminate poverty in the muslim world if we aim to uh excise military aggression in the muslim world which we all should if we aim to advance ourselves intellectually in the muslim world as we all should if we aim to do so many things then we need to have the power to do that independently so we need to be able to own our decisions and the existence of colonialism in its various forms that remain to this day does not give us the ability to do that the other side of the coin is that again not many people would disagree with this argument deep down Um, there may be a level of apprehension that doesn't allow us to express that as openly as we would like there may be some hesitation there may be uh, some experiences in the muslim world that teach us that we should be hesitant about expressing these ideas let alone acting upon them in the muslim world and that's very understandable we experience that as much as the rest of the muslim world but What we do need to accept is that the responsibility to establish these set of conditions that put the ummah on the right path to capture our independent will, to regain the power that we lost, is not the responsibility of just a minority in the ummah. I've heard brothers and sisters come and say to us all the time that, mashallah, the, the work that you do in ut Tahrir is a noble work, is, a, is the work of giants, and, and they make du'a for us, and they say, may Allah reward you, and may Allah allow you success in your efforts, and may Allah grant you the victory. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Why is it my responsibility and not yours? How can I institute this change without you? And if you don't do it, how can I do it? In other words, there is, there is, there's a certain push politically that we all need to be part of because it needs to be grass and needs to be comprehensive, meaning the effort has to come from every corner of the Muslim world um, and we all play our part in that. On top of that, we may, we may choose to specialize in particular forms of activism or particular forms of work, uh, but that should only be done above and beyond what we all should be doing as a minimum. So to put it in, in very basic, simple language that to to reject what's in front of us of colonial structures of the modern nation state of the ideologies of capitalism of nationalism of liberalism of all those things that poison the Muslim world this is the responsibility of all of us and it's not just to hate it in your heart this is to to uh, to organise ourselves in opposition to uh, the responsibility to not affirm the legitimacy. Of the rulers in the Muslim world who were forced over us through our experience with colonialism is our collective responsibility. So you can't say, uh, you know, mashallah, you guys are brave and may Allah grant you safety in this effort, but you sit on the sidelines and don't do that. Or worse than that, you go and affirm their legitimacy um, by affording. You know, given these rulers, the legitimacy they desire, and you take you, you, you break food with them, you take photos with them, you make du'a for them, or you ignore their crimes, we can't be pulling in different directions here. There's a certain level of responsibility for the ummah that we all need to be pulling in the one direction, and that's in opposition to what we call our modern-day Quraysh. And so you would never have found at the time of the Prophet ﷺ that some of the Muslims were opposing the Quraysh and others were remaining silent or worse, were were justifying their existence and their crimes uh, and this is what we need to realize we all need to become political in the sense that we need to oppose what islam opposes and advance what islam advances um, in this very specific sphere and only until we do that will we uh, will we generate the sort of collective change that is needed in order to face colon- colon- colonialism directly and to apply so the uh, to apply an adequate amount of pressure on the rulers of the muslim world and in particular those who have the power in the muslim world to alter their allegiances and this needs to be a widespread call and needs to be a mainstream call and it's a responsibility of all of us otherwise we're just going to be tinkering with the edges focusing on the periphery Um, and effectively just dealing with the symptoms of our problem rather than its root causes and that's what we need to appreciate as muslims that this conversation around politics and its centrality in islam is not just an abstract conversation it's one that either we are shaped by someone's politics or we accept to be shaped by our politics and demand that our lives be shaped by our politics islamically speaking so it's not a choice that we have and for me again it doesn't take much convincing to accept to get muslims to accept this idea the issue of course is that uh, a muslim who understands this point understands the gravity of what's being said understands the gravity of what's been asked understands the gravity of the level of sacrifices needed to make this happen and there is an, a level of apprehension and a level of hesitancy that emerges after that. And it's on this point that we need to realize our core Islamic concept like tawakkul, um, like rizq, like uh, safety and sanctuary being only in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if we face the difficulties that we face as all the prophets face and as the beloved, beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam face, and all the Muslims after them faced. I don't want to say much more than that. I'd rather have this as a conversation. Uh, but I wanted to offer those introductory remarks and share a line, hopefully, uh, generate some some productive conversation after that.
0: Unmute myself this time. I'd um, some good thoughts crescendoing in the end there into some very deeply, um, I think, climactic discussion in the sense that, you know, some of that language, I do want to talk about, I, sure, I want to um, tease out some of these issues to try and better understand them, inshallah. So I've just taken some notes and we can hopefully maybe have a chat around these points. Um, it's an, it, like I said, I think it's a it's a discussion that um, in the Muslim community, in our workplaces with Muslims or just in the community, in the Masajid in general, um, it's one, um, echoing your thoughts, Wassim, that um, it's either one that people already accept in terms of politics and Islam being, you know, like connected. And if they won't accept it, if they haven't already accepted it, it won't take long to convince them because of that wealth of history and evidence from the Quran and Sunnah. It's like it's in, it's you know, indisputable in that sense. But I guess the more interesting discussion then becomes one of really connecting it to our everyday experiences and trying to understand it. From that point of view. So my and they're not all going to be questions. I just want to maybe have a conversation and reflect and stuff. But my first pseudo-question, I suppose, will be um, in one sense, if I go off in what you just spoke about, you know, it's as if the conversation's happening in a, a war or a post-war climate, you know, talking about resistance, uh, colonialism, the usurpation of resources. And then in another sense, you know, I suppose the Afghan war and the Iraq war are not far off. Like, it, it is in, in a sense there is that, like, it shouldn't, we shouldn't treat it as if there's no deeply, um, you know, political and military implications to these conversations. What do you think um, about, about that?
2: I think we're just out of practice. Um, we, we all witness world events in front of our own eyes, with our own eyes but um, we'd have difficulty interpreting them politically which is why for instance you'll get some very um either you'll get two extremes here one is uh, one side is that i want to have that conversation completely because they're afraid of it or the other um it's interpreted away from politics so it's either a sign of the times um, the emergence of or the illuminati or something like that uh, we are lacking, because of our lack of experience, the ability those to are the same people that are against the vaccines. Or... Oh, look! I was hoping not to go there today, no. and I'm going to deliberately avoid that. Um, the only thing I want to say about that, of course, is look. Whichever side we're on, and here um, we can't deny the centrality of politics in the, in this space, and that's really the point of this conversation. That everything that's happened with COVID in the last year or two's. Um, has demonstrated the centrality of politics here in terms of how it emerged, in terms of how it was spread, in terms of how we choose to respond to it. Um, this is all a product of our politics. Um, even here in Sydney, with our latest experiences, how it's dealt with um, and who is dealt with more harshly, again, is a product of our politics. Um, so we can't we can't deny that. Um, but what's important is that you know we we sometimes lack the ability to process it politically correctly. Um, So we either tend to offer vague generalizations or we don't necessarily follow up the politics consistently enough in order to make the connections that need to be made it's just from time to time we fall fall into a conversation we fall into a discussion because it's in front of us and then we fall out of it so yesterday we we're talking about palestine and we we learn a little bit about it and tomorrow it's not on the news anymore so the the community has moved on um, and at other times the issue of the uighur muslims appear then we read a little bit up about that and then we move on but it's not a serious effort to take stock really of the condition of the ummah uh, contemporarily and historically so in this sense sufyan it's it's our inability to read things politically and to interpret them politically that in effect um, disables us politically so even if we all witness the events as we all do um, we we come to vastly different conclusions one will say very casually look this is a punishment from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or this is the qadr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if there are no political actors that are making this happen um, and there are no political actors to resist to stop this from happening as if it's a fait accompli that we just throw our hands in the air and and, and the rest is with allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. uh and the others spend you know overthink it um and that has a similar uh, has a similar consequence in terms of disabling action where it just becomes an abstract conversation
0: so in so that's, that
2: yeah so in that sense it's just our look we see it but we don't have the ability to process it because we've, yep. we've we're lacking in experience to do that
0: yeah and uh, and in the absence of that experience i suppose you could still wear particular lenses to at least interpret them correctly so i suppose what's your that's what that's what your point is about i suppose it's about the lens and how you interpret those events.
2: and that, that's what that's what Heron was saying um, yeah. That's what Harun is alluding to. The example of the Prophet ﷺ is just that. And if yeah. we connected ourselves with our Islamic tradition, we would realize that core concepts that we all know, we're all taught uh, from, from childhood, like Amr al Nahi al Munkar, the idea of the hijra and what it represented, um, the idea of the Prophet ﷺ in power, the idea of uh, the Prophet ﷺ forming treaties, etc., etc. Um, these are things which we all accept and have no equivocation over. It's just uh, connecting that to our world. And again, because we, we've been so out of the space for so long, we don't, we can't envisage ourselves in the position where we're actually making those decisions. We always accept for others to make that decision for us, and we're, ever, we're forever having a conversation about how to deal with the decisions others are making for us. Yeah.
0: Thank you. With, um, uh, Harun, I want to bring you in at this point and just... Um, not necessarily directed specifically at you, but I just wanna hear from your, from you as well. I have a friend of mine, he's a brother I hold in very high regard. He used the analogy. It's not a very deeply sophisticated analogy, but I'm gonna bring it onto live on this live platform anyway. Um, he said that politics is like vegemite. He said politics is like vegemite. <laughs> I'm not pretty sure pretty how to, I'm not good sure good how to interpret yeah, I'm not sure how <laughs> to interpret explain, an aquatic. I mean <laughs> no, it's kind of like that not explaining analogy, but what he's trying to say is that those who see its value can't understand those on the other side who can't <laughs> see its value. it's honestly like he was like those who love it can't understand why you wouldn't love it and why you wouldn't take part in it. And why you wouldn't and the opposite is true you know um, that those who dislike it, those who can't stand its taste, just can't for the life of themselves like see why you're still banging on about it 20 years on you're still putting the same you know yeah
1: it seems look it's either they haven't digested that Vegemite properly um, and or they haven't tasted the Vegemite right so like if you want if you want to go off your example right so it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's the it's the grasping of um, the um, what do you call it? The 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 impact that this Vegemite um, has, you know, whatever if, if it's to your health or. I was, I was you know, really hoping to No, no, it, it
2: was
1: a beautiful,
2: your oh, a beautiful I'm matter. curious like, to see how far like, we can take I want, this I want, analogy.
1: I want to use this. I want to go. Um, uh,
0: I'm so sorry in advance to our what i
1: saying. What I'm saying is like, you know, so the, I'm, I'm very sure. Um, so let's say the person that who appreciates the Vegemite um, knows its benefits and knows. Um, very well the 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 effect that it has whether on your health or whatever reason right the, the, he knows he knows yeah, um, the 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 benefit and the importance uh, effect that he has uh, on you and that's why he wants to convey it right so yeah. the other person um, who does not appreciate it perhaps you know the the after digesting it hasn't um, you know that effect didn't come into place here or um, the person didn't eat the, the eat the vegetable. In other words, what I'm saying is that um, those who have, perhaps had bad experience with politics, right? And I know like a lot of my um, family members, um, including uncles, um, you know, um, and other family members, yeah, they always told me not to um, like how long why are you engaging in politics? You know, why are you going into this protest? What, like, what, what are you achieving out of it? You know, you're putting more harm um, than good. Um, um, you know, but it's it's because again it comes down to what what Sim says about lens, right? It's it's about um, the the way they view politics and the experience they've grown up, especially in the Muslim world, of how polit- politics is enacted. Uh, they haven't seen the the correct way um, of how politics should be pr- portrayed, right? Um, or they haven't seen you know uh, um, uh, uh, an ethical um, you know marketing of the Vegemite product. Um, yeah. And because of the unethical marketing of the product, um, you know they they come, you know um, they have a certain view of the um, of what politics how, is.
0: How how do you think that idea comes about in the first place? Um, you know, I've I've heard this example uh, given in a talk before that I really appreciated, um, and then I've subsequently used that in a few examples myself as well. Um, that there's this um, there was a whole campaign held around this, so I thought it was very powerful. That there's two ahadith of the Prophet. One of it is to do with a very personal, individualistic, spiritual aspect, and the other is a deeply personal one. But the two ahadith sound identical if it's not for just that one word to replace it, right? So the Prophet, are will the ahadith or parts of them anyway. The Prophet says um, in two ahadith that, uh, that uh, certainly, verily, fasting is a shield. And then the other hadith, and the point here is that one of them, you've heard it thousands of times. Like, I am a 31 year old, you know, Sydney born Muslim who have attended school in Australia. I've gone to all the masajid and the, the khutbahs, and like any other right, member of this community, I've heard this hadith every Ramadan and outside of the Ramadan as well. The other one sounds identical to what I've never heard it, which is, in the so, uh, not but in the that the khalifa the ruler of the entire muslims in a in you know in an islamic state is a shield for the muslims as well just as fasting is a shield for an individual um and, and so the question i just want to explore a little bit is how do you like wholesale have that conversation where you know muslims even if they acknowledge after a conversation and then forget it quickly how does that situation even come about where we 've just lost a volume of, of Islam and it's just sort of dissipated uh, gathering dust on the bookshelves what's in
2: because our experience with colonialism yeah, yeah. has yeah. told us that uh, we are taught a particular version of Islam um, colonialists are not going to come to our land put all that effort sacrifice whatever everything they sacrificed commit the crimes that they did and just walk away as if nothing happened let's just let, 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 let let's just allow the Muslims to return to their din uh naturally uh refer back to the quran and let them build themselves again on that basis in order for one day for them to grow up and to resist us and the buddhists out of their countries uh out of their lands they're not going to do that and so um the two things happened there was a reframing of islam to convince us that politics is not part of it or at the very least is only on the periphery and very limited in scope and secondly if we were for those who were still politically inclined the only avenues allowed for us to express ourselves politically were through the systems that they provided that they they brought with them um, through the lens of nationalism through the lens of secularism etc um, and they're not particularly um, concerned about which way you go so there are tyrannies in the muslim world there are monarchies in the muslim world there are parliaments in the muslim world uh, but they are all variations of what the kufar brought which ultimately keep the muslims distracted from Uh, recapturing the purity of what is islamic politics so in that sense it's not surprising so even graduates of islamic universities that again are a product of colonialism um, they are not going to teach you how to revolt against against tyrants um, you know against against munkar Um, they're going to teach you the opposite they're going to provide you with multiple uh, multiple justifications to perpetuate the existence of tyranny and oppression um, which is exactly what i mean even though
0: Many of the texts they would study, if they had the correct lens to interpret it, would actually call for such a resistance against those tyrants.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I think we know that from our experience with the war on terror, that it wasn't enough for the Muslims, uh, for the Kuffar to try to distance us away from certain manifestations of Islam. They wanted to directly replace it with another understanding of Islam, and they'll force it down our throats. Um, and so we have, for instance, you know, the, the notion of madhalism today, which is um, like an insult that you throw around. Um, but there are so many variations of that. So it doesn't matter what background you come from. You can have a Salafi background or a Sufi background or a Khwani background or or a non-background or whatever. But they all uh, provide for you various justifications to 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 validate what's in front of us, which is clearly so wrong Islamically. Um, and it's difficult to um, it's difficult to rise above that if your appreciation of Islam or if your framing of Islam has been so polluted that you can't see it otherwise. Yeah. Funny enough, that hadith that you mentioned, I remember yeah. giving a, a pre khutbah talk at one masjid here in Sydney um, a few years back. And the tradition of that sheikh at the time is he always liked to adopt the pre khutbah talk into his own khutbah uh, so he would like advance notice as to what you're talking about, and I remember using that exact hadith about Imam Imam al and and I was talking to him about it, saying this is what I'm going to be talking about, and he goes, I haven't heard this hadith before. Can you please tell me exactly how how it's expressed in Arabic so I can put it in my khutbah? <laughs> um, and I had to go find the precise reference, and he didn't he'd never heard of it before, um, and he's a graduate of Islamic University, and he didn't know where to source it um you know you know which Hadith book it would be found in um and you had and that's not an accident right that doesn't take away anything from that particular um scholar but it's not an accident that this is the case that we are taught a particular version of islam and i think our experience with the war on terror tells us that it's not it's not a difficult argument to to accept
0: yeah no i think i think most um level-headed muslims if we myself included like if i was to learn that there is a portion of islam the way the prophet sallallahu brought it that's just not there today i would feel like i need to go i need to get a hold of that and maybe just shut, shut everything off and just read it for starters you know just get my head across that and then figure out well what am i supposed to do with this um subhanallah but um um can i and ask it's,
2: and it's happening though and it's happening there are like the muslim youth today are grappling with these questions they may or not have settled on uh, concrete conclusions but certainly the conversation has shifted so significantly in a very short period of time and that's a very good thing
0: can mm-hmm. can, can someone can someone chime in on on this thought i want to know if someone does choose to zone out and say okay politics is a really confronting area um if i if i want to zone out and say what what would you say to that person like what are the practical harms that might come from just choosing to ignore that for a bit like there's a lot we have on in our lives we don't want to confront it or whatever reason someone might give um what practical harm might come to someone who chooses to live that life what you might call like ignorant to that issue or, or to that reality or to our reality But just shut off, zone
1: out. That's not my thing. Let me, so in in, in my talk, I was talking about the essence of politics and, you know, how, you know, we are all, um, you know, inherently, um, you know, enacting, you know, some some sorts of political, you know, activities, whether it's looking after our families and everything, right? Um, I want you to imagine this, right? suppose that um, you are responsible over your flock, Right, as as, as stated in the hadith, right, it's you as a father, or you as a husband, or as a wife, and as a mother, um, uh, or as a son, you know, uh, to the parents, or a daughter to the parents, right, and you do not fulfill that responsibility. Suppose that, you know, harms come the way, right, Um, and a decision is not enacted, um, you know, for you to uh, protect their lives, or whatever it is, right. that's 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 pretty uh you know uh consequential in the fact that it's very harmful right uh by you failing to um make a move right by you failing to make a move or you failing to uh, make a decision that will you know uh you know uh, save the life right so coming back to, to coming back to um uh to you know to to the 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 actuality of what politics is uh, looking after the affairs of the ummah. if we are not engaging in politics the harm of it is that you know we could you y- lose our youth right um more muslims will be dying uh more poverty right there will be poverty uh that's you know that's been prevailing like all these inherent issues that Wasim had underlined um there was you know it's it's just going to rise if if no one is doing it right so like that's 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 the harm in that sense now if we're talking about harm on an individual level right um if all right you know if i'm going to engage in politics you know am i going to um, what's what's going to happen to me, right? Um, am I, is there going to be any reactions that's going to happen to me? Is there going to be any consequences? Um, that's really like that's that's um, you know it, it, that's up to the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa taala, right? Um, like you can't promise that, you know. The like you know, that, that for, for the cause of Islam, you know, they like we always hear these stories, you know, that um, they gave their lives for Islam. They like literally gave their lives for Islam, you know. We like, Bilal, you know, dragged, dragged, you know, uh, along the deserts of, of of Mecca, you know, in heating sun, right? Saying Ahadun Ahad, Ahadun Ahad, that political, you know, that agitation, right? Um, against, against that, the, the, the ideology, the polytheism of that time, right? Um, you know, Gabriel Malik, right? He, he got coals, you know, hot black coals on his, uh, on his back. Like, you know, there's going to be, like, and, and even if we look at, um, the time of Bani Sara'il, right? Uh, you know, people, you know, they, they were combed, uh, you know, their skins were combed, you know, uh, by iron, you know, they, they, they were, um, you know, burnt into the fire, right? Um, because of, uh, you know, speaking the word of truth in front of the ruler. And the Prophet, sallallahu he said that, you know, one of the best of jihad is really, you know, speaking the, you know, um, uh, the word of truth in front of the tyrants, right? This is the best form of jihad. So, the consequences in that in in that aspect, yes you know uh, but um like it, it can be severe but you know that's again that's you know we are, we have to work and we are doing this again because we said that politics is part of Ibadah. The same way that you know you praying salah and you fasting is a sort of Ibadah. and, and this is spirituality. And and I do feel that some people they, they misrepresent or misunderstand the essence of spirituality of you, right? Spirituality in essence it means that you know we are doing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked for us. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us to enjoy the good, you know, forbid the evil and engage in political activities, um, this is in in in, in, in a sense, you know, it's uh it's a form of ibadah. Um and you know, leave the
2: rewards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: Appreciate it. Look, Was it just, any
2: thoughts on that? Yeah, look, just on that point, um, I remember having the conversation um, with a brother who'd come from overseas as an international student from a, a particularly poverty-stricken str- country. Um, and again, the view that the idea of the Khilafah should be central to our efforts today and the idea of politics and recapturing the will of them, the independent will of the Ummah, etc. Um, and he comes back after a long discussion and says, look, at the end of the day, this is easy for you to say. It's easy for you to talk about. Um, You know, you're comfortable here already. And in other words, trying to belittle the effort as if we're just uh, talking for talking sake, not realizing, of course, that he was making a very important point that, yeah, man, I actually agree with you. You need this more than me. Like, I'm not the one who picked up and left my whole family. And it's not my family back home that are living in destitution. And it's not my country that's been occupied and bombed you know like ironically he said everything that i needed to say without him realizing it so from from that perspective look here in the west there may be an argument that we live life uh, lives of relative privilege Um, and you touched upon that we are comfortable and we see that in other affluent countries even in the muslim world like the emirates and and certain gulf countries when we enjoy a certain privilege the argument for us is not um to withstand the difficulties that we face because we don't face them relatively speaking we face certain pressures but we don't experience what the vast uh, majority of the muslim world experiences and we're, our message to muslims here or muslims who have privilege is to understand uh, the reality of that privilege and how it was acquired um and upon whose whose bodies it's established um and develop a moral imperative uh to write that and for Muslims who are on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have all the incentive you need to rectify your affairs because you come from places of poverty, from war, from destruction. You witness it on a daily basis. You witness it, you experience it on the daily basis. So whichever end you, you stand on. Um, but for Muslims of privilege, really, the ayah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like a big, very big warning for us where He, where he subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> that you really should be worried and should fear the fitna that will affect not just those amongst you who do the bad. You know, if we are, if we enjoy a life of privilege that has been born out of the crimes of others and we don't acknowledge that and do something to reverse that, then we are as guilty as the ones who commit the crimes. And that the hadith of the Prophet tells us very explicitly that if we don't enjoy the good and forbid the evil, then Allah will send a punishment. And at that point, we will make dua to Allah, but Allah won't listen to us. You know, and another hadith says it very, very directly that when the people stop enjoying the good, forbidden, Allah will punish the people. Um, and then they uh, will order the angels to come punish the people and the angels will come to the people and see that amongst the people, there are good Muslims. There are pious Muslims and they'll ask Allah, subhanahu how can I punish these people whilst there are good Muslims amongst them? And Allah will order the angels to start with them. I mean, if we don't take our responsibility seriously, it's not just us committing crimes. If we become become indifferent to those crimes and our indifference becomes a means of the facilitation of those crimes, then we're equally culpable of those crimes and we need to realise that. And if we're on the other end of the spectrum, we are the victims of those crimes, then there should be no argument made as to why you have an incentive to change that. But all in all Islam demands, whichever end you stand on, to to enact a politics that, that removes that munkar. For a, for a long, long time, again, because of our lack of experience, every time we talk about amr al munkar, that's as if we're just having conversations about what is right and wrong, as opposed to actually instituting what is right and eliminating what is wrong. We remove that that practical component of it because we don't enjoy yep. the power to do anything
0: about it. Of course, speaking of removing munkar, if I want to, I know that's not this is not the topic for tonight's discussion, but it's I think it's inevitably if someone was to listen to the last. Uh, 45 minutes of what we've been talking about i think this is some this is the kind of thought that might come to their minds or to our minds um, and i'll try very audaciously to try and give another analogy here but if you know if we think of it at a much much smaller scale like let's say a, uh, like a business for example and you've got the ceo at the top you've got your executive you've got your senior and your middle managers and they're all in on it they're all part of that munka right um, and then everyone else down the bottom, all the pawns, all the foot soldiers down the bottom, you know, you ask a, a portion of them to get up and get their act together. It's like, what am I? I'm just one employee in this huge conglomerate or I'm just one person or I'm just a group of people, even if I convinced. Like, do you see what I'm getting at? Like, okay, if I said, Wasim, Harun, honestly, fantastic points. Like, you've, you've convinced me. I, I kind of knew it all along, but, you know, the, you've, you've given me something to go off, you know. But what the hell? Like, where am I supposed to start with this? Um, can can you guys share some thoughts on that? Like, trying to c- conquer it given the magnanimity of all of it. Uh, yeah, just I think just you have on some just on,
2: on that. Oh, sorry, we'll see him go. No, ahead. no, no, go for it. Go for it.
1: No, I was going to ask. Um, so again, thanks for bringing the analogy. So going off the analogy, I would ask the person, right? You're in you're in the work, and at what point um, is it enough for you that you will stand up to your manager yeah. or your boss like what is it right what is it that is going to um you know move you right so like so that's, that's what that's like again coming back to that original original discussion about um you know grasping that the importance you know of of uh, uh engaging in political activism right so yeah. it's 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 like it's like so and, and and on top of that everything about what was him said and you know what's been done you know in the muslim lands and you know um and all the issues that we have and everything right so you as an employee right when are you going to um, you know you know really when do you say
0: pass, enough is enough and where do you draw the line exactly
1: yeah. you know, when are you going to do that right um when are you going to do that and then now in the process of doing that right you as an individual cannot change the entire culture and the system of any organization, right? That's why you know in every workplace there's always uh, you know there's always people that are that are called change agents, right? Um, they are the influentials you know they uh, whatever they say, you know they've got all other employees, you know that, that also um, you know uh, um, you know follow whatever they say and everything. So when when you create a block, it's much more successful, um, you know in 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 having that uh, political again political dialogue and debate um you know over certain issues that affect the workplace
2: yeah Look, to, to be fair the problem is sofia and like you 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 mentioned this is not a small conversation and the problem is it's not a conversation that's been had nearly as officially as it should be had when was the last time you attended a khutbah um and these conversations were had the idea of change, the idea of politics, the idea of our experience with colonialism, how to resist that, the idea of the Khilafah, the centrality in Islam, the idea of how we're going to, what steps need to be made in order to establish the Khilafah today, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, these conversations are just not had. And look, I want to stress the point that it's not an accident that these conversations are only being had outside those spaces we often regard as traditional Islamic spaces. And that's not an accident. The Qafara put so much effort to dilute, how, uh, to dilute our Islam and, and to deform how Islam is taught to those who are going to teach us our Islam. Uh, and for them, this is life and death. Really, for the Qafara, this is life and death. If the, the scholars were able to escape the, the, the stranglehold of, of colonialism, um, then change will happen tomorrow. Um, because we still, we still revere and respect our scholars and our concept of scholarship in Islam and it's so central to Islamic life because they are not at the forefront to the extent that they should, uh, then we won't. And we are all having this conversation, if you think about it, we're only having this conversation only because others who should be having this conversation, who are, should be leading this conversation aren't. Um, you know, And this is not a small point, but in the end, Allah gives people the opportunity to to acquire whatever good deeds are available. If they are wanted, we'll take it. May Allah protect us in this endeavor. But the problem is the conversation is not being had. It's a difficult conversation. Um, ironically, it's simultaneously simple and profound. Right? The idea of us not having our independent will is not difficult to accept. The fact that this has been snatched through our experience with colonialism is not difficult to accept. What needs to be done precisely in order to recapture that is not easy. Uh, to determine. And so, you know, the idea of the Hizb al for instance, we went back and wrote a book about the Sirah of the Prophet ﷺ, but explicitly to detail those components or those aspects of the Sirah um, that elucidate to us how the Prophet ﷺ captured power. And yeah. we want to take that as a means to as a means of emulation today. We've all read the Sirah, we've all been informed of the Sirah, but we've only looked at those aspects that historically um, were those components not necessarily grounded in politics so they had a very secular lens to the sirah. and the Ummah was was uh, suffered from this condition so severely that we had to go back and write a book about the Sirah explicitly on the subject of how to establish statehood and how to establish muslims in power etc cetera, etc cetera. so from one angle it's understandable but at the same time look we're at a certain point in islamic life as an ummah where we can't pretend not to know anymore where we can just close our eyes and that's why i i honestly believe the issue is not necessarily one of ignorance even if we're not clear about the details the issue is one of of courage and conviction um, we are very comfortable in this country we're very comfortable living lives of privilege and deep down for a lot of us we just don't want to disturb that Um, And we do feel guilty about that. And that's why that's what often explains um, many Muslims throwing themselves in what we would regard as symptomatic responses. So they'll devote themselves to a life of charity or a life of education or a life of Quran teaching and ignore the elephant in the room. Um, and look, from one angle, that's not bad. They feel guilty. They still want to do something Islamically. They still want to better the condition of the ummah, but they just don't want to take that aspect that has the inherent cost or the inherent risk that ne- is necessarily a function of politics.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Um, is, there any, is there anything else that uh, you guys would like to add? We might wrap it up there. I'm just... Are you online? Are
2: there any questions online for the record?
0: I had a look there's I had a couple had of checked. questions but we've um, we've uh, answered them we've answered them by answering other questions so there was a question from Elise Ulfiani about uh, Islam and politics and the connection between the two um, I think there's a question here from Abdul Abdulrab I might, I might read this out and if anyone's interested, um, if anyone wants to take the question you can nominate yourselves when we look at Muslim problems, uh, the responses are categorized as number one, who did it? Number two, why did it happen? Which of the two would actually solve the problem? Or should we find the answers in both? So in terms of studying our history, which of the two questions of who is behind it? Um, and why is this the you know situation we find ourselves in? Which one of those two do you think is the
2: more important consideration? Um, I think it's more than just those two. Look, those are two questions we didn't ask, but there are multiple questions that go along with that as well. What enabled it to happen? What facilitated that to happen? Why was our response lacking in to, to be, you know, what is needed in order to construct a productive response? There are so many questions that need to be asked and they are all not just valid, but necessary. And we need to take this conversation seriously. Look, at the end of the day, I don't care what terminology you use, right? We titled this conversation politics. We use the word politics a lot. Uh, the hadith of the Prophet states it. Uh, the Quran refers to something other than the word politics, even though it may mention the root words, yes, et cetera. This is not the language, this is not the word. I don't care what you call it. In the end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks specific things for us, of us as Muslims, and we are obligated to respond accordingly. And we are obligated to rule by what Allah has revealed. We are obligated to provide safety and sanctuary to the Muslims, to our lands. We are obligated to prevent uh, the existence of or the ability of the Kuffar to have the upper hand over us. Uh, We are obligated to so many things. And the question for us is, are those obligations being fulfilled or not? And if they're not, then what are we going to do about it? This is what the conversation comes down to. So there are many questions that need to be asked and they all need to be asked. There are many angles to this conversation and we need to treat it as seriously as it's deserving such that we actually come to the correct conclusion. We don't want to just be reactionary. We don't want to just offer lip service. We don't want to engage in conversations around abstraction. There are realities in front of us there is the reality of islam we need to marry the two and do things in a way that's pleasing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's what the conversation is about we are living a life um, and we are being led in a, in a in a mode of life that is displeasing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will place us in a position god forbid that invokes the wrath of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we need to be clear about that and that's what this conversation is about
0: that's For sure um I think some take-home points, if I may um, propose some, inshallah, from, from tonight's discussion. I think we said, if we look at both of our discussions, number one, we can revisit the seerah of the Prophet and just have, a, just have a think, just contemplate how much of it was deeply political in what he did, how much of it was, was deeply um, at the heart of the problems of that society in trying to tackle those problems, not just the spiritual, not just the prayer, not just the connection with Allah, but of course to have that connection with Allah, how much of it actually looked at the wider problems of society. Secondly, how much of the problems, how many of the problems that we face today are by design and by political design um, or by political consequence? So I think if we can reflect on those two points, and then as a as a consequence of that, perhaps um, the wider take-home point about if we are to um, meet our obligations to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we should try and bear those important uh, verses in mind about not accepting a part of the book and rejecting a part, but trying to take Islam in its uh, comprehensiveness. Inshallah, we might uh, end it on that note. Uh, inshallah, uh, absolutely lovely having you both on and just having this conversation during this era. You know, it's a brilliant form of interaction. Um, you know, as limited as it is um but uh beautiful seeing your faces hearing your voices and inshallah i hope the the audience uh the viewers enjoyed it as much as i did um may allah to benefit from it um inshallah we'll end it on that note